0: that's a big part of working towards acceptance isn't it knowing what you need to to be able to prepare for these things you know i do it in my sessions with clients we talk about what you need to prepare for and it is those zingy one-liners and having them at your fingertips when you need them but you know i think for me this year i'm going to give myself permission not to visualize michael in his (laughs) pants i think that's my gift to. (laughs)
1: have anything to say to her oh, dude. other than that you just,
2: no. <laughs> Welcome to this special edition of the Full Stop Podcast with Sarah Lawrence, Berenice Smith and me, Michael Hughes, as has been our tradition at this time of year. We have invited past guests to share their reflections and advice on how to handle the holiday season. And peppered into this episode, there are some messages from some of our dear, dear friends from the community. We were honoured to be joined by Professor Krista Cooper, who got up exceptionally early for us in the United States, Claire Elray Mee and Bindi Shah, who you'll know from The Joy in the Everyday episode, author Tess Broad from episode three, Writing It Down, and Helen Segal from episode 20, grief and childlessness. And if this is your first time here, our podcast is centred around supporting the Childless Not By Choice community. Our aim is to be a focal point for the community and with all our special guests, show you how to manage your grief and give a voice to all the issues specific to us. And by example, show that a full and happy life can be had without those children we dearly wanted. So that's enough from me. Let's get on with the show.
1: And everyone falls silent. (laughs) Good morning, this is the um, episode, what are we on, episode 34, 34, yep. 34 of the, yes. 34, yeah, I can count, hurrah, um, of the alternative, no, the, yeah, the alternative kings and queens, not sure where the apostrophes go speech, episode 34 of the full stop podcast. Um, oh, is here, excellent, lovely, so let's wait for Chris. Good morning. So good, good to hiya. see you how are hi. you hi can you hear me yeah we can hear yep. you fine yep. yeah we can good. yeah it's lovely to see we have started recording but don't worry about that because we, we obviously we edit quite a lot too so that's okay. fine
3: <laughs> good to see everybody so
1: nice
3: yeah
1: you. yeah um, so we have Bindi we have Tessa we have Claire and yourself as well Krista and of course the three of us and other people will be dropping in and out during the morning it's probably Michael's most heavily edited episode is that right Michael would you say oh well
2: I think last time we did this it went for about two hours and (laughs) um because other uh, some people can't make it and they send us in voice messages so we 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 weave those in the recording um and I remember we were all sort of at a, oh, what are we going to do? It's two hours long. Ah, oh, no, what does it matter? Let's just leave it two hours long. Uh, and that's what we did. And it still gets downloaded and still very popular. So one of the things we need to recognise though, that Krista has got up exceptionally early in the morning.
0: Oh, oh what time is it there, Krista?
3: Um, just gone five.
4: <gasps> oh, my goodness. Oh. <laughs> We're sorry.
3: That's awful.
1: But we're also very honoured and blessed. Thank you. I don't think I get up at five for this podcast. I'm my co-presenter. No, I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. That's really, really lovely. So the episode today is about um, providing all our listeners with some reflection and some support um over the holidays because December is a real tough time. And then of course we go into January. Again, a tough time, New Year's resolutions and all of that stuff. And um, that's hard sometimes to to work through all of that. And um, certainly in the UK um all the advertising on the television is ramped up. It's all Christmas and it's all family. I know from speaking with Jodie, the Gateway Women, their traffic always increases during December and they're putting on an awful lot of events to support the community and their members <laughs> as well. So what we try to do is gather everyone together. People will turn up at different times and drop in, drop out of the episode as you need to. If you need to leave then that's fine. That's okay. We're not going to keep you here for the entire duration of the morning, but you're welcome to stay. And we will be just sh- sharing a few words of comfort, support, reflection and you can all meet each other as well which is also one of the added bonuses of this episode that we haven't quite anticipated but it does mean that people get to meet each other through the podcast too if you don't already know each other then that's also a nice thing to
5: do hi everyone it's penny Raybats here wishing you a very merry christmas from melbourne australia bear hugs and love to the team who make the full stop podcast a reality michael sarah berenice Your conversations and honesty often make me talk out loud to you, which has got to be entertaining for anyone in earshot of me out walking during a one hour lockdown walk. This year has been an eventful one in personal growth and meeting more amazing and generous people in this community. Included in that highlights reel this year was a dinner out with Michael and Vicky. The power of connection and conversation is a superpower. In Kiwi style, this year I won't be with my whanau, so I'm off to the beach, wearing my jandals to stay at the batch, I'll eat fish and chips, and drink spates and roaring mead Pinot Gris from the chili bin. Season's greetings everyone, Aroha
6: to you all, harira Hi, this is Katie from Chasing Creation, and I apologise if you hear background noise, I'm in a noisy island in Panama. But I wanted to take the opportunity to say hi and to just share a few of my thoughts about 2021 wrapping up, the upcoming holidays, and what I'm looking forward to in 2022. So 2021 has been really amazing for me in terms of being able to connect with so many incredible people in the childless community. I held my first ever Childless Collective Summit and had so many great speakers and attendees, and it was such a great way to bring the community together. Additionally, I've been hosting support groups and just introduced the Childless Collective, which includes a friendship map to help facilitate connections. And through all of these different avenues, I have had the chance to talk to literally hundreds of you in the Childless community, and I'm just so grateful for it. I have found so much just love and beauty in this community and i love what we're all doing together and i hope that that continues in 2022 i'm really excited to see what that will bring and the new ways that we can collaborate and build support and community and if you are having a hard time this holiday season just remember it's hard for so many of us and you're not alone there's so many people who are feeling like you are right now and it's okay this is one of the hardest things I've ever been through accepting my childlessness and the holidays come with rituals and being around family or not and missing family and having traditions that you may have hoped to pass down to your kids it comes with a lot and I just want to say you know if you can go with the flow and accept that you're gonna have ups and downs during this holiday season, and just be okay with that. I know it's hard, because how can you be okay with it? But it's normal. We're gonna have grief, and that can coexist with moments of joy. And so no matter how you're feeling this holiday season, um, just move through it like waves. And if you need to take breaks, if you need to set boundaries, if you need time alone, all of that is totally good. Um, If you have any ways that you can make some of your own traditions, I really highly recommend that you think through a few that you can do. I know a lot of our existing traditions are really set up for kids. They revolve around kids. And it's really fun, I think, to think about a few traditions that you can take on in your life without kids that don't revolve around kids and that are um, just yours and that fit the life that you have now. So please know I'm with you um, in spirit and I'm looking forward to 2022. Hugely grateful for what the Full Stop podcast adds to this community and for their voices and for um, asking me to record this message. So thank you. I'm looking forward to seeing you all in 2022. There we go. That's the purpose of this morning.
0: I suppose we should ask, shouldn't we, about the holidays, if this is what it's about? Mm. what does everybody do for the holidays do you celebrate do you swerve it what do you think
7: I'll go first if you like um thank you Tessa (laughs) um I'm actually I mean I am safely landed in the land of acceptance I'm probably the oldest one here um but I think I've always managed to be okay over the holiday period I'm just lucky I think I I think sometimes we have to be a little bit careful that because we're afraid of it being difficult, we'll miss out on actually some of the, the good stuff. I did do a blog on on the holidays and it might have sounded a little bit glib actually because it was a bit more about you know, diving in and trying to, you know, the fact that if you are in a household with young children, the parents have, have probably been up since silly o'clock and therefore, you know, I sort of embraced the role of, Mad batty auntie, and I'm still awake and I love playing with kids' toys and that sort of thing. So I think you can, because it's you know it's coming up. I think with the grief that we've all got, when you know something's coming, you know the dates, you know when it is, you can prepare yourself, um put some self-care things in place, certainly be kind to yourself. I think the thing with with our grief is it can bite you on the ass really randomly um, and it's actually more uh, like with any actually any form of grief if your anniversaries and, and so on are often better better than you think they're going to be because you're you're ready for them having said that last Christmas Eve um, a young couple who live across the valley from us, sweet young couple, lovely, We're very fond of them, they're also very fond of us, gladly, burst into our home Christmas Eve with a picture scan of their baby. And I was completely astonished by my reaction because it's at least, it's over 30 years since I was trying for a child. But that gut-wrenching, stomach-churning Oh, hello you, hello that feeling. Completely took me by surprise. Um, suitably gathered myself to, you know, marvellous, delighted having the child, brilliant. Um, so that was a bit of a, a surprise to me at my stage. However, the, 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 that couple actually, you know, know my situation, he bought my book for his wife, you know, when it was out kind of thing. And, um, the child was born in June and the, the young lad, the young father sent a text to my husband and said, I've got some photos of our little baby boy. Would Tess be okay if I send them to her? And I thought, well, that is, you know, I've done my job. You know, he, and Des said, yeah, she'll be fine. Absolutely fine, send them. And I just thought, and they were a joy to receive. I think for the simple reason, he knew that might be hard for me. And, he, you know, he's a young lad, he's a farmer, he's, you know, he's not, you wouldn't expect necessarily for him to be, you know, he's, and the joy, he's just become a dad. But he just, he put that little feeling first and that, that meant a huge amount. So that gut-wrenching, you know, six months earlier uh, gave me something back. So I think always prepared to be surprised I think is what I would um, say.
1: I love that you said that the uh, hello that feeling mm. in giving that feeling and almost a, uh, owning a feeling rather than the feeling owning you. Is that a fair way to to say mm. that? Yeah. Yeah because I had that earlier this week I actually had a whatsapp message from a cousin with baby photos literally from the delivery room um this week and i thought there's something in in all of that that choice isn't it it's the fact that he sat and thought but also contacted your husband to make sure that you had the choice to say yes mm. no i think it's lovely and that's often missing and it certainly was within my family this week as well thank you so much tessa for sharing that i love that thought of you might miss the good bits yeah i think that's that's lovely That's a really lovely reflection, thank you.
8: Hi everybody, my name is Mariel Whale and I'm delighted once again to be appearing on the Full Stop podcast. Very happy to hear that the podcasts are doing an episode about Christmas. I know it can be a very difficult time of year for people, and if that's you, then I've got a few ideas about how you could make it easier for you. And the first thing I would say is, you can cancel Christmas. And by that I mean, not that you literally cancel Christmas altogether, although if that's what you want to do, that's also fine just so you cancel it the way that it's always been done. And instead, think about how you might like your Christmas to feel and plan activities or things that might engender and generate those feelings for you. Or you could just stop, slow down and say, what would make a good Christmas day for me or Christmas period for me? What would I really enjoy doing? It could be going for a long walk. It could be watching a film. It could be cooking. It could be going away. It could be buying a new book and sitting reading it all day. It doesn't really matter what you want to do. If something that you want to do and it would make you feel happier and more relaxed than a traditional Christmas, then I think it's absolutely fine for you to do that, to curate Christmas your own way and not the way that it's always been done. So what I would just like to say is wishing you a very, very happy Christmas period. And if you don't celebrate Christmas and you celebrate something else or nothing at all, then a happy holiday period and I have written a couple of blogs about Christmas on my website if you'd like to have a look at them but if you don't that's also fine the most important thing is that you feel that you can do what you want over the Christmas period over the holiday period and make it work for you hopefully free from expectation or guilt and if there are things that you have to do this Christmas period then try and carve out a little bit of time for yourself over that time to do something for yourself. So whatever you're doing, I wish you as happy a possible, as happy as possible a time this year. Thank you. Hi oh, Helen. Yeah.
1: Good morning, Helen. Oh sorry I'm late. So Don't worry, people That's are all dropping all right. in, dropping out. Don't worry at oh, all. Good, it's fine. So it's lovely you to see. You know what everyone. we're
9: like. <laughs> it's lovely to see everyone.
1: And you too. Good morning. We were just so, asked, um, asking about gonna... what people do during the holidays. That's where we've got to at the moment, um, what we're doing. Tess has kicked us off with a really lovely reflection as well about missing the good bits, (laughs) unexpected grief and how it can bite you Mm. on the ass. I like
8: that phrase as well.
4: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is
2: a, this is a bit, it's a bit confronting for me because this morning, as I said, we had a clan of brothers meeting and, um, and we talked about loneliness and we talked about Christmas. And I'm now deep in reflection because one of the things that I said is, um, and Tessa, you've just sort of highlighted this for me, is, see, I always see myself as a good time Grinch. And it's not that I want to bring it down, but I just think, what's the point? And, and you saying, you know, don't miss out on the good bits has just actually really made me think about that, mm. so, which, will, which will please Vicky no end. Because she's dying to put the bloody tree up already.
9: <laughs> put the tree up, Michael.
2: <laughs> I think we'll have to buy one because we haven't got
10: one.
9: I think Claire
11: was oh, going Claire. to say something. Well, yeah. I, was, I was going to reflect on what Tessa had said about not missing the good bits, but also about preparation. That for me has, since I came across Gateway Women, I'm now 57, I came across it at 53. Since I came across Gateway Women, I've come across the concept of preparing, preparing for anniversaries, preparing for moments, and I'm still not. I mean, are we ever good at it? You know, we are we, learning all the time. Um, but I now am much more careful because for me, I'm, I'm well past the sort of baby grief, but but I'm not by no means past the the shocking identity transformation that is, you know, almost almost every week. I, I get a moment of thinking oh oh how can I be 57 because I I haven't done being a mum yet you know as and and I have I in my situation I am a step grandmother because my husband has children but I only met him at 44 um so so I have some of the christmas stuff and I try not to miss out on the good bits as Tessa put it by 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 doing, doing those Christmas bits on my own terms. I'm very prepared now to, to, to register what might be triggering, to register what might be difficult and plan ahead. So I actually love the collection of Christmas decorations that I have, and I love to put on a tree, but I don't put them on a Christmas tree. I find that for some reason that's tricky for me. So we go out and get some sort of branch, some something that's fallen and, you know, a bit of holly or a, or a some, something anyway. And we put that up and I do get um, a child. I, it kind of doesn't really matter which child, but I like having a child with me as in a friend's child, or um, one of my step grandchildren, that kind of thing. I quite like doing that with a child. It's, a it, it it brings me that joy that I feel I like could otherwise miss out on. So I suppose I'm saying preparing for, what is it for you that you did love about Christmas or the winter or any other bits of the holidays that are, are coming up? And, and is there a way that you can do it your way on your terms? The bit that now really is triggering for me and I have to prepare for is my um, nieces and nephews, so, so, you know, my blood family are all, they're in their 30s and some of them wanting children and it will happen almost every Christmas that somebody makes an announcement because that's when you're together. So so that's tricky. And also the very fact of them, my children would be that age. So So <laughs> gathering together with a crowd of young people who are not terribly interested in me because I'm 30 years older than them, but they're all interested in each other. And that I can find super triggering that I I stare around the room with all of these young people in there, 30s, 20s, 30s. And I think, <laughs> oh, where's my son, daughter? Where, you know, where are my crowd of, and, and, and so I'm much, uh, I don't know quite how to prepare for that this year, but it will happen. And other than knowing it's going to so then being able to say okay maybe maybe i'll slip away right now or oh have a drink right now or whatever it is just the preparation i think is really really key if you can if you can to prepare for it um, i think though claire just think
7: claire to say that um oh know, you won't be anybody or anything um don't do yourself down um, because you 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 know you can be as significant, and I I'm learning that now. Um, for example, in this summer, um, I have a dear dear friend, and have been very much a part of their children's upbringing. And um, he's um, the lad is now um, in his he's 30, 31, and went to the pub in the summer first outing to the pub, sitting outside in the garden. And um, he said, oh, I didn't know you were gonna be here. Um, oh, I'm gonna get my girlfriend to come up here. I'm gonna get my girlfriend to come up here. I want her to meet you. I said, oh, don't, don't worry. God, you know, don't, no, no, no. You're my other mother. You're my other mother. She, she, you've got to meet her. You've been, and I thought, good grief. Well, I said, well, you know, anyway, met her. And um, I then said to his mother, I said, oh, your, your son was really, really sweet to me saying, you know, I was his other mother. And she said, yes, human dads have been such, Such a significant part of their lives, you know. Your influence on them has been such a positive thing. And well, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't actually realised that. So, Craig, you know, without you knowing it, quite possibly all of us here, we're having a massive influence on young people in our lives, and we we have to, you know, actually acknowledge that in ourselves. I think most of us won't do that, but you know we will, you know, we will be doing that.
11: Yeah. Yeah. I I love that, Tessa. I love that reminder. And I also love the the sort of reminder that's within there that you're having an influence, not just on young people in your life, but you know, I'm I'm having an influence by being a good neighbor to my very elderly neighbors. I'm having a good influence by, by being a really nice customer when it comes to shop Mm. staff or by being a really nice customer when it comes to, you know, in, in in hospitality situations, when you're in a cafe. I'm not rude to people. I'm not, you know, and, and, and that, just those little... Well, and and I, I guess I'm being an influence by running something within the child that's not by choice community. So you're, you're touching, occasionally, you're touching another woman in my case, because my work's with with women. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I get that the the... The legacy that we have, the significance that we have, is not in being parents, but it but it is. It, we are significant. And, um, and,
9: it's really and, uh, interesting, it, so It is. It's really interesting, isn't it? It's like that sitting beside each other of owning our value in the family system and in the in the society as a whole, our small societies, our larger society and uh yeah make standing standing of value in and that and also acknowledging so I really heard you Claire acknowledging the grief because I have that I'm very aware of that you know those little triggers and I what I mean by for me what a trigger is is it triggers an emotional response in that time and with um with the visual of seeing groups of our family, actually I don't have a very big family, but in my partner's family, and seeing the the timeline the 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 little groups of of um age groups um so my nephew, my, my partner's nephews, n- no one's got children at the moment, but there's, there's a little sect of them. And one of them's really trying to have a child at the moment and it's actually, it, 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 I mean, it could be happening now, but it hasn't happened. But just seeing, um, I don't know, just being connected with our, with our um, hu- humanness, of there's not quite a connection like there's I'm not in that connection I've not had that experience in my life um it's really interesting because I've had I have that occasionally when I've not we've I've not married so I've been I have a partner of 14 years but we're not married and not actually having that walking down the aisle and having all the family around me and that creates um, some triggers, some emotions, some loss, some grief. And also the the childlessness will, during that time, so planning for that and creating, um, oh, my mind's gone wandering now, but creating some ritual. I love doing it before the event, rather than in the event. I think you're talking about that anyway, before the event. um, You know, just sitting, writing, creating. I love, you know, buying a plant. I love, I also, every year I buy a little um, ornament to go on the tree. um, In in response, in, in love and kindness for for my life really things that have um, happened and things that haven't happened that I've wanted to happen. And I suppose what you're, t- what I'm hearing, Michael, you were saying like the joys I missed. Um, was, uh, someone spoke before, um, Tessa, um, the joys and the challenges of being childless, you know, the joys and challenges of Christmas that we can have both, it's almost a bit like a a sort of
1: creating a a sort of little kind of cliques of in families isn't it Helen I love the what what you shared there I think there's something in that about even in 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 any group of friendships or any um situation there are these cliques that form because of age maybe because of those plans, like you, like you said, Claire, about your, your, the collections of nieces and nephews who are at that point in their lives when they might be having children or it's there somewhere. And I see it in my family an awful lot. They're quite, in, they're all of that demographic or, or maybe even perhaps a bit older, but they've got a connection because actually some of my family have made a decision to not have children. They are child free, as a choice of childless and people then know what to do with them because it's okay then to talk about it. And they're all part of this big present giving from which um, me and my husband are excluded. And we don't know that we're not excluded. They don't know that we don't know, but someone's obviously had a conversation and someone's probably with best interest at heart has said, no, don't worry about Berenice, it's fine. It's okay, they don't need to get involved, but not thinking of the cause and the effect that actually... It creates a sense of diet, you know, there's, a, there's a, a big divide there now because of that, because you don't know what to do. And then go back to the original conversation we first started recording about you have to say something. I've got to try to say something now. But someone somewhere has said, don't worry about that. They'll be OK. And I'm going to undo what they've said, but that's not their right to talk on my behalf without consulting me. And back to that choice as well. But it's almost like a sort of um, creating little kind of cliques of these people do that. These people do this. And those people over there aren't part of any of those things. Therefore, they sit there. But unless we say this or create new rituals of our own maybe this episode is one of those rituals i kind of like to think perhaps maybe someone pops this on on the 24th of december as a sort of um okay you know a bit like bindi's ball of light that we talk about in the meditation it's a kind of form of kind of maybe armor of actually okay there's some people out there who are listening to this podcast that you may not know are listening to the podcast but they're listening along with you who are part of your your clique your community your um your people
12: but well ooh. I was sorry Berenice oh. I I was gonna to talk about rituals so when you said about yeah the ritual of oh, listening to this, Glad
1: you are. To, to this podcast.
12: <laughs> yeah so, well when so when my husband and I got married um and we wanted to actually create new rituals um for, for ourselves for over the holidays. And obviously in the back of my mind, it was always like, okay, we're going to create this and then we're going to have, an, you know, a family and the family will come in. And so we did start doing things for ourselves like the decorations and, you know, just having, because we'd moved to a new house. So it was, you know, everything was quite exciting. And then over the years, when the the thing we wanted to happen didn't happen, um, it all it did fall away because in that grief it was very very difficult to to get the um, excitement back and to think yes this is something that you know that we both want to do and and we didn't um, and actually the first year that we didn't do anything was when our cat um, passed away and that was you know it was in October and then I was just I'm not doing anything didn't do any any cards any decorations nothing and and actually that year really um taught us something else it taught us to do our own things so again different rituals but our own ones and above everything to do something that we wanted to do and that we would enjoy so whether it's like searching out all of the gluten-free mince pies <laughs> everywhere and going <laughs> and you know and seeing which the best ones and which the ones i like and which are the ones my husband likes and you know you're,
1: mince pie <laughs> off bindi mince yeah. pie <laughs> off we're going to do this
12: <laughs> yes yes so all of the you know just just things and not think about not make it a big thing around, you know, the actual holidays, but just do things that, okay, we can just do new things. And also we can do nothing. And one year we didn't even have like Christmas lunch, just the whole day. We just had snacky things the whole day, the two of us. And we were like, do you know what? We can do whatever we want. We don't have to go see anybody. We don't have to see, you know, Parents who were like, Right, this is our time, we will do what we want to, and I think that's really important because, um, yes, the holidays are a time for um traditional things, and you know, there's things that people always want to do, and and with all that, you've got your grief, you've got your journey within wider society. Year, so it's like, Well but this actually doesn't feel right to follow society because of what I'm feeling. And it's just really listening to yourself and just doing the rituals and what we were talking about, um, other like announcements that could happen. And, um, so my husband's cousins actually are younger. So they're all at the age that they could be. So, um, There was a Diwali um, celebration and, you know, everyone was invited and we actually decided not to go um, to look after ourselves. And just in case. So we were like, "Okay, we won't go. We'll just look after ourselves. And I think that is very key um, to our journeys. You know, looking after ourselves is it's very important.
10: Well, hello there, the Full Stop Pod podcast, Sarah, Berenice, and Michael, and all of your fabulous listeners. It's me, Savella Morgan of the Childless Not By Choice podcast. Well, I wanted to stop by for just a moment to wish you a very happy holiday season, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and I just wish you all of the best as we continue to make our way through some most trying and difficult times. I want to ask you to please take it one day at a time, have grace for yourself, have grace for others, even those who do not understand the life of the childless, not by choice, especially during the holiday season. Um, Exercise those kind but firm boundaries. Be kind to yourself. Do what's best for you. It's not called selfishness. It's called common sense and wisdom. And uh, so I just want to wish you all, all the best. And I want to thank the hosts of the Full Stop Pod podcast for always inviting me in. And I promise I will be in live at some point in the future. If you have me back, if you ask me again, I hope you do. <laughs> but um, in the meantime, I continue to wish your podcast well and wish all of your listeners well. Until we speak again. Bye. Hi there. I'm Kate Kaufman,
13: a proud guest on the Full Stop podcast this year, and author of Do You Have Kids? Life When the Answer's No. Thank you so, so much, Sarah and Michael and Berenice, for your leadership. You You really are creating a worldwide space of candor and support for the childless. And I don't know about all of you, and here I'm talking to all of your listeners, but I feel like 2021 has been a really pivotal year. In bringing the experience of being, or being the the experience of adulthood without parenthood out of the shadows. Um, And the silver lining of COVID seems to have created the conditions for us to extend our hands across the waters and over mountains to close in on the spaces between us. I'm so grateful to the community of advocates around the world, podcasters, researchers, authors, and anyone who finds the courage to speak up. I feel now genuinely connected to each of you. And to those who are taking this all in, listening and healing, there are now so many ways to confirm you're not alone. You're not. We're well on our way to stepping out of the margins and becoming better understood and more sensitively included as the pivotal people we've always been. And I turned 70 about a month from now and I never thought that I would feel this much hope and this much joy and this much acceptance of simply being alive as we are. So, happy holidays to all and very fruitful 2022 to us all as well. I love that.
0: So every year my mum says to me, are you doing Christmas this year? And I say, yeah or no. And that's my choice. So some years I do it, some years I dip out completely. And this year I've not decided yet. <laughs> but the fact that my my parents were initially quite upset that I was just like, actually, no, this this isn't for me. You know, we spend the day on our own. If we have... Christmas dinner, we do, if we don't, we don't. If we put decorations up, we do, we don't. And it, but it's my choice. And so, you know, so I think I didn't celebrate last year. I did the year before. I don't know if I am this year. I think it's important that we have that choice to say actually, no, or, or yes, I do want to engage. And I think that's the important thing for me is being able to choose and not having other people's expectations projected onto us. I think that's part of it. So yes, I mean enjoy it and everything and engage in the good the bits you can, but sometimes it's actually ducking out and completely, isn't it?
9: <laughs> it <laughs> is. What do you yeah. say to those? I mean, I'm I've I'm in a very uh I've been in a very lucky situation that I've not had any pressure at all um on from my parents and family units very small. Um, and we're Jewish, so I don't get that that pressure of that. My, my partner does though, and I get a tiny bit of pressure from them, but I feel very strong in myself to go, no, yes, yes, no. And do what I need to do, um, to look after myself. So what do you say with those, for those people out there who actually find it really hard to say no? um that have a lot of pressure on them um yeah how did you do that Sarah
0: that's,
9: that's a really interesting point because I, I just as you were saying I was
0: thinking how did I start this tradition where I choose <laughs> I I remember I I someone gave me this phrase of responsibly selfish and I think when I was deep in my grief and I was still going through the 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 sort of going along with the expectations, if you like. I was getting so upset that for like weeks afterwards, I was still having that impact. And I I just got to the point, it was like, it was less painful for me to say no to people and and have that fallout than it was for me to go, I'll go along with this. I'll go to the family stuff. I'll I'll join in and then have the weeks of the the grief, you know, the the wave of grief come over me. And I remember the first year I said no to my mum, she was really pissed off really upset and i remember being quite um spiky about it going oh well you know that well so what you're not coming to anything then i went no and i said it's not about you it's about me it's about what i need and then that was probably one of the first proper conversations we had about childlessness and i was surprised actually she sat back and listened and she went oh okay And then she'll ask me, are you or aren't you doing Christmas this year? And I guess it's how strong you feel. But at that point, it was too painful for me to pretend that actually I was okay with it all. So, but I think it's different for everyone.
4: Hi, it's Sarah from The Empty Cradle. And Judy from Womenhood. And we're both proud Gateway Women
14: facilitators too. We're thinking about you all at this time of year and sending a big holiday hug.
4: And a big, big thank you to Michael, Berenice and Sarah for another amazing year at the Full Stop Podcast. We're really excited about seeing your plans for 2022. It sounds so inspiring. We love how you continue to be so inclusive of our community and provide a safe place to share our stories. We'll be sweating
14: it out down under in December. So we've put together a little piece for you inspired by one of our famous Aussie poems. See if you can guess what it
4: is. I love a family Christmas, a room of screaming kids. With constant parent anecdotes, I nearly flip my lid. I'm taking back my power. I'm putting up my tree. I get to make my
14: holiday, nurturing for me. Happy
13: holidays.
2: Hey, Krista, I was wondering, um, what's it like in in the States? Because I know it's a huge celebration in in the States. And, you know, how does it, um, do you feel that pressure yourself? Is is Christmas a a celebration that you you get into?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously I can't speak for everybody in the States, but I mean, it is commercialized, um, you know, like in many different, You know parts of the world it's it's just you know who's buying what and who's you know who's doing this and who's doing that so um yeah that's my experience of it um within my family I mean we 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 kind of do Christmas but it's very subdued um you know I don't think uh most of the times I was away from you know from my family or you're just dropping in you know kind of thing because I lived very far from them. Um, but I've moved closer to them since COVID because um, my parents are a bit older. You know, want to keep an eye on them that type of thing. Um, but I, I just in listening to everybody is just bits that I resonate with so much. But um, you know, Bindi, like you, you kind of saying, um, we're, we're individuals in a wider society, right? And I think we can get so sucked into everything that, oh, it's Christmas or, you know, here we have Thanksgiving and then it's the run up to Christmas. And, you know, so there are these like two months, or if you're the person who keeps up your tree till February, you know, it's like, it's three or four months that there's this, um, sort of, just intense you know sort of prep for the holidays and who's who's doing this and you're going over this person's house and you know I mean there's it's just crazy um so I think it's it's really for me you know giving myself that permission to just be like okay you know I want to do this or I don't want to do this and in years past it's been easier because um you know I'm a professor and so the Thanksgiving holiday wasn't really worth traveling 14 or 15 hours away for, for, you know, a couple of days when I knew I was going to have to teach. So it was an easy out. Um, Christmas was a bit trickier because it's like, oh yeah, you know. Um, but I think just um, really just recognizing that, you know, you're in situations where you're going to be around people who are partnered or married or whatever, and really just choosing to opt out if you want to, which can be hard because, you know, there is that expectation, like, where's such and such, you know, where's, what's going on? Um, You know, and with me, for example, I'm not married, um, you know, in my forties, like whatever. So there's that scrutiny, I think, where people are kind of like, oh, you know, But I propose that people have a pocket full of one-liners. They're Mm -hmm. very helpful. So, you know, I I had that happen a couple years ago where uh, uh, aunt and uncle were there and they were like, oh, still no kids yet, you know, um, that type of thing. And I just kind of looked at them and sort of lovingly smiled and was like, I would really love for you to get out of my uterus. Love you. But no, you know, just no. That is wonderful. Just no, it's not okay. You know, like it's just not okay for you to for you to do that. You know, and so um, I don't think they meant. You know, I think it's just one of those things that people. But it, it was just like for the first time, I was like, no, I, that's just not okay <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to have this conversation with you and it's very imposing for you to you know just kind of think that it's okay and it was in front of a bunch of family too you know and I I was just like no that's, no let's not do that um and that felt very empowering as well that I could you know say that for myself like i i just don't feel like that's appropriate and i don't want to have that conversation with you I still love you still whatever but you've crossed a <clears throat> a line and it's not okay yeah i i think that's great
7: Krista, to say have a pocket full of, of one-liners i was <laughs> when you were saying sarah about how and um helen about how did you actually say no i've I was scurrying around to see, because I, I wrote this down as a quote that actually Nigella Norson, I don't think it was actually her said it, but she's used it for saying no. It's, she just says, sorry, but I will have to give you the second best answer, a quick no. And that's it. The second best answer. And then just, yeah. And that, have that one and have your other ones for the, for the have you got kids yet scenario. Obviously now my hair's gray. People don't ask me that anymore. Um, but yeah, just have your, have yeah but why don't you just as you're part of your preparation for the holidays get your stock answers and learn them so that you don't miss that opportunity i think so often i think of great things i should have could have would have mm-hmm. should have said later when i'm mulling
5: it over if you've got a lovely stack
7: of them even if they're in your phone and you think
5: oh hang on Hi Michael, Berenice and Sarah, it's Annie Kirby here just popping back after having been a guest on I think the second ever episode of the Full Stop podcast way back in July 2019. You've gone from strength to strength since then um, and it's so amazing to see and I'm personally so grateful for the work that you do to support the Childless Not By Choice community. Uh, I'd like to send you and all of your lovely listeners the warmest of wishes um for Christmas, New Year, Hanukkah, or any other festival that you might be celebrating at this time of year. Um and I really, really hope that we get to catch up either online or in person in 2022.
1: Oh, I think we need to I think oh. we need to do that. We need to publish yeah. some. Um, oh. Kristen we're gonna have to team up and write some, read a book. One liners we, for... <laughs> we, we, should... we can all put a list or something. Little one share them. We can have go we and sit any? there. uh, you've got some Sarah Lawrence you're very good for the one-liners you don't know it but there is some things there was something I was talking about oh it was to do with a podcast and there was something that was on Twitter the other day that a friend of mine who also does a a podcast um, conscientious leaders it's amazing lady called Ruth and she shared a thing on Twitter about someone a podcast host asking a question and this was gone this, this 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 clip goes on for ages it's a good five minute run up to the question and um i shared with ruth i said oh, sarah's fantastic at this at the podcast because she literally would say ah fuck that's awful how did you feel about that and i can remember you doing that once on, on something because it just there was no words whatever the situation was and i can't remember the episode it was just so awful you just think what what am I meant to say in response to that? And he just came out with it. And he was just like, fuck, that's awful. How did that feel? <laughs> the queen of the very quick questions, but also very good at your one-liners. I love your one-liners. No
0: pressure, Sarah. Oh, Thank you. I'll go- can't think of any right now (laughs) you will do one one in the
1: morning when i'll think of one which is what i always do tessa that thing where i've in a situation a really weird conversation i had about the thing about paternity leave where in the uk they've got this thing coming or they it keeps being talked about where people can go to their bosses and ask for leave because they've adopted cat or primarily it's a dog um because cats just sort of turn up but dogs just arrive and it's difficult. I know and um, my mum was getting into a conversation with some other relatives as well and and about paternity leave and because of, I've got a dog and did I have paternity leave and what did I feel about this and it was only sort of in but one in the morning that I kind of thought of a million one-liners I could have come out with. But the situation was so unexpected as if I was somehow qualified to know because I've never experienced maternity leave and also not recognising that actually I've worked in jobs for way too long, stayed in some really, really crap jobs um, because I was hoping for maternity leave, not paternity leave. And actually, this is a highly inappropriate conversation. The only qualification I have is I have a dog. That is it. There is no other reason that I should be contributing this conversation at all. But could I think of a one-liner at the time? No. But if I had a book of them inspired by Krista, I would have an answer to that.
3: <laughs> but you know, it, it just made me think of something else. You know, what was that show that used to come up? It, there was a show here in the States that used to come. Um, of course, I'm going to blank out because it's early in the morning. But um, they used to have the option where you could phone a friend. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about it, it's like I have friends that I can, you know, call or text or something, you know, and it just made me think of that, that you know, that's, that's one of the things, um, especially during the holidays of identifying, I think, safe people, people who, who can hold your story, but, you know, just like, hey, can you be on standby, you know, for text or some, you know, something like that, yeah. that, you know, it's okay for you to have that space or that soft landing with, with, with people that you trust, um, yeah. who, who know your story and who are like, hey, it's okay. Like for me, that's an, one of my aunts, um, you know, I can, I can, um, you know, call her. And by the end of it, like, you know, there may be some tears or we're like, cry laughing you know where you're like oh my gosh I'm so sad but that's really funny you know um just you know or a friend or something like that so just having those people who are in your corner that are like yeah it's okay reach out if you need to that's really really
1: important I'm very lucky that I have Michael and Sarah around I have to say we're not just here on the front presenting this but I know that they're around as well and we're just there for each other but I think just having someone that you can pick up the phone to send a text, you're right. Just someone just, you know, even if it's just a distraction technique or, or maybe know, they, they ring you to rescue you from because they know you're stuck with your family yeah. and they ring you up you know, in that kind of way. When you get stuck on a bad date and you need to get out of the restaurant fast um, okay. <laughs> and you've got someone to call and they can just check in and make sure you're
3: okay. Is a really nice yeah. support, isn't it? Yeah. Or maybe they have one liners for you. Yeah. Like, hey, quick, text me. I need a one liner, you know? And they just, Yeah. Yeah. I
0: was going to say, wouldn't it be great, like, for, like, as a gift, if we all share our best one liners so that people out that are listening have got them ready to hand, almost like they're starters for, <laughs> to bring together their own? Oh. What do you reckon? Okay,
1: I'm going to, to think. I'm to think. Chris has already shared test, but you can come up with well, one. Chris has got
0: <laughs> that was a nice one. I was just like,
1: yes, <laughs> five in the morning as well. I'm like, I'm so impressed because. <laughs> I
0: was. I wow. Was, well, if anybody, if anybody else has not got one, my cool. one that I started using uh, was basically when sort of people said to me, "Have you have you got children?" Mine was not that I'm aware of. And I can't remember. I got it off somebody. It was not one of mine. And I can't credit the person. But what it does is you go, well, not that I'm aware of. And Aussie as a woman, they go, well, eh? hey, mm. and then whew, you're in with a different topic of conversation while they're trying to fathom out what you've just said. So that's my favourite one.
1: Mm. My answer to that one is always something like so you're, you're asking me if I've, I've had sex because <laughs> actually that's kind of what you're asking and is that really dinner party conversation or even is it appropriate for a networking event I mean to be honest because often that happens in business networks you know people go well you know so you, have you got children are you asking me if I've had sex it's a little bit over familiar do you not feel for the situation that we are finding ourselves in today and yeah, same thing. <laughs> I don't quite know what to say. I can get away with it. I don't think I would have said that before. But yeah, I, I do say it now. Yeah. Or mind your own business. But, you know, I, I tend to sort of or if it's a learning opportunity, but that's a bit of a longer one liner. That's not even the one liner. yeah.
14: Hi, everyone. The Full Stop Podcast. I'm delighted to be back to speak on this Christmas special episode. My name's Katie Schnitzler and I am from Mist Workshops. So just in brief, I well, educate and raise awareness about pronatalism, childlessness and related issues, including miscarriage and infertility. So I am honoured to be asked to come back to be honest. But yeah, I just wanted to really talk about, you know, how difficult this time of year is and also give you some positives to end the year on. I think we all just have to appreciate that this is a really hard time. It's a really triggering time of year, isn't it? And I don't know if you feel this, but I find the build-up can be harder than the actual day sometimes. It's a bit like, you know, if you've got certain triggers in the year, like certain dates that trigger you, you know, it's the build up can sometimes be worse than the actual day and on the day you surprise yourself with how you handle it, but you know, you're not to know are you until it actually happens. But yeah, just to say that you're not alone and You know, just from this podcast, you can visibly see how you're not alone as well. And I think this is just incredible work. Sorry, my cat's just joined me. (laughs) I don't know if you just heard her purring. I think it's undeniable that Christmas is a triggering time. And you can feel quite isolated and quite excluded as well. And it's like you... Part of you enjoys the festivities and the nice things about this time of year. You know, whether it's going out for meals, um, getting dressed up, Christmas food, buying people presents, those things could be quite nice. But then it's almost like there's this cloud and... It's always there anyway, all year round, of course. But I'm wondering if people feel the same that there are certain times where it gets bigger and it feels like a bigger weight. And then there are other times where it's still there, but it's more manageable, you know, it's smaller and you can kind of get by. But yeah, I think Christmas is a time where it gets pretty dark and gloomy and it can affect your whole self. And you've also got this pressure of, okay, I know I need to be present and I feel obligated to see certain people at Christmas. It's really hard when those people have children and you just cannot be around that. Or you know that if you do, like you can't say no, you know it's going to be really triggering for you and you're going to have to almost get that mask out, put that Front on and pretend it's really exhausting um from a workplace perspective, we find certain triggers happen at this time of year, so for example, people having time off for Christmas nativities, parents asking for you know certain times off so they wouldn't want to work Christmas day Christmas Eve, and It can become a bit of an us and them. We're trying to raise awareness about these things. They do enter the training, actually, certain points of the year and certain examples of where there may be unfair treatment for parents. So it's certainly something that we're trying to educate about. So, yeah, it's it's difficult in your personal life and often your working life as well. I think it's really important to take time for yourself, and actually be able to decline certain things that are going to make you feel negative and sad, triggered. So actually, if you've been asked to go to three different houses, and all of them have got children, and you're just feeling really panicky about it, it's actually okay for you to say no, and do whatever you need to make yourself feel a bit better. You know, I know some people are able to be around children, they may be at a different part of their journey, but from the research I'm doing, I'm working with a lot of people who are currently in that journey. Um and I know that they're quite concerned and anxious about Christmas. And it's having that space as well, isn't it, to just take that time to reflect on the year. Um I know self care has become a really big word and yeah it is important. What is going to be better for you? so that you can just get through this difficult time. It can be really hard to find positives at this time of year. However, I wanted to just share with you some positive experiences that I'm ending the year on. And I hope that this will inspire some positivity in you as well. So first of all, we're working with a really big organisation at the moment. And even the fact that they have approached us to do this work has made me feel really positive. Um so for those of you that don't know Miss Workshops we raise awareness about pronatalism and we train managers, HR professionals about potentially discriminatory practices that probably most people don't realize are discriminatory or, you know, just centre around people with children so they create alienation and that feeling of exclusion so yeah we've been working with this organisation and we've been conducting research so we've run surveys and interviews and just how many people have come forward to talk to us about their experiences for us to be able to put those into a report for this organisation to see is just so amazing and I found it incredibly moving it's made me learn a lot and hopefully you know we'll have policies written based on these experiences Um, that's what we're going to push for anyway so yeah that's that's been a really good thing that's happened this year and we have got more organisations who've contacted us to work together next year so I wanted to share that with you because it has given me a bit of hope Um, and, yeah, it's, it's really rewarding work when I'm doing this. Um, I just feel like some positive has come out of, like, very dark times, if that makes sense. I'm sure a lot of you will understand what I mean. So, some of the examples that we're putting to this organisation, um... One of the participants was saying that she put in a request for homeworking and it was actually rejected. Um, however, other people around her who had children, it was a given. They didn't even have to, you know, <laughs> have a formal HR meeting. It was just like, yeah, yeah, of course, you've got kids, you know. Um, so that's one thing that we're going to talk about. That's come up a few times. And the fact that they're family-friendly policies, it's, you know, it's not trying to take away from the struggles that parents face in the workplace. It's just trying to make sure that family-friendly policies are not actually giving privilege to people with children, you know, and actually people without children are having their needs met as well. So, yeah... I know that we spoke about this in um, in the episode that we did, so I won't talk too much. Um, but, yeah, it's just things like that and actually having policies on miscarriage and infertility as well, breaking down those taboos so that people are not penalised for having time off for those things. Um, and then on, uh, well, I'm saying a smaller scale, but actually <laughs> these things aren't really small. You know, like... um when people are home working and they have meetings and they're on zoom or teams or whatever and they bring their babies on this has been raised many times in the interviews that we've conducted and just how triggering that is um again we want to raise awareness with organizations about how triggering this can be for many people for many different reasons um photos on desks pregnancy announcement emails so we're We've come up with lots of solutions to some of these issues. Um, and some of them will be formally written in policies. Others will be more guidance and raising awareness through the training. But yeah, I just thought I wanted to really share that with you because it has left me with some positivity to end the year on. And I hope it does the same for you. If you wanted to have a look at the work that we do, the website is missworkshops.com, M-I-S-T. And yeah, some of the work that we've had in the past has been because an employee has sent our website to HR to show them what we do. And yeah, we're more than happy for you to do that. If if we can help, we will. Um, so yeah, we, we, do, we do the work, which I was talking about, of course, the policy writing and training. Um, but we also conduct research, because that was something new we started actually because there was a need for it so we can actually tailor the policies to the organization's needs based on different employee experiences as well so yeah we're we're quite um tailored to meet the unique needs of companies so yeah please do share that if if that will help and um I think it stops you feeling like you've got to fight the fight on your own as well, just to show them that actually there there is training available on this because it's so important and it's so pervasive, you know, these issues. Uh, they're not uncommon. Um, so, yeah, I also wanted to thank the podcast team for the amazing episodes. I well, it's become a bit part of my self-care routine. So I'll listen to like, I'll listen to an episode, you know, when I'm cooking or, you know, going for a walk and it just, yeah, it's really inspiring, really moving. And I'm really looking to, sorry, I'm really looking forward to seeing what other topics come up next year. And yeah, thank you again for putting this together and doing this alongside your paid jobs as well. (laughs) It's just amazing. I have told some of my participants about the podcast. And yeah, I had some feedback, a couple of them said they couldn't believe it existed. And oh, wow, you know, they again feel less on their own. And you're really building a community. And that's another thing that's inspired me this year. So thank you so much. And thank you again for having me. I really look forward to keeping up to date on the work that you're doing and perhaps working together again. And to the listeners, I hope you have a peaceful Christmas and you do whatever you need to do to make you get through it. Um, And you can actually, yeah, have some joyful times as well. But yeah, thank you so much again and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all of you. Take care. Bye. I'm stumped. I haven't got one.
1: That's because you tell stories. And you if, educate. I, you educate people. Because I, tell yeah,
2: a lot, well, yeah, your yeah, People just probably steer away from me because they don't want a story. I'm getting to that age mm. now. We
7: like on that on that guy
2: during the war. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can always tell a story but, now if you like.
2: Oh uh, no, they they just come like that. Oh, I haven't got one, but. Because well, I don't get that, I don't get that question very often. So I'm actually feeling, a, little, I, I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit. I'm feeling a bit left out. I'd really like to be have some of these really crafty and you know one liners, but yeah, look, Chris's one won't won't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: could be a bit strange, well, but it might actually what? confuse people. And then, quite you
2: could, and then if I use could. if I use if I use Sarah's, then that has a whole different context.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You could use mine. That's kind of, mine's kind of, you know, anyone could use mine. Oh, okay. All yeah, right,
10: okay.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, you can have that. That's my Christmas
11: present to you. There you are. Oh, thank you. It's all right. I, yeah. I guess I, I, used, I used for a very long time and it doesn't it doesn't occur so much anymore being the age I am but it does still occasionally and I got to the point quite early on that I would say somebody if, if somebody mentioned children, do you have kids? You know, and I would I would say, I, I, I guess coming into my body, I would say, I, I don't. And it's the greatest sadness of my life mm-hmm. and then move on. So it, in a sense, I'm not joking. And then moving on, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I'm gonna reveal to you one of the great truths of my life. And then if you wanna go there, it's kind of your fault, but I'd, I'd rather not. So I'm gonna move on very often. So, so don't give me a, um, you can have one of mine nonsense you know and 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 being single you know that that's the main reason why i ended up childless was being single it's it's sort of a, uh, I i suppose people it gave less opportunity for me it gave less opportunity to for people to to come back and say nonsense of one sort or another i don't know why the single was relevant there but it sort of yeah i i for me a jokey one-liner didn't work but a, a really like mm. this is this is the truth for me did mm. and and that might not be helpful to lots of people because mm. everyone has a different way into a one line don't they? We're...
1: depends i think who's asking you as well doesn't it i i find that sometimes i might say tragically no and i always put the tragically in um if people have been very pushy then i've actually said this happened I've actually quite brutal about it and actually summarized it in a, in a longer sentence, but I can say it. So, yeah, as you say, Claire, then that's entirely up to them if they want to explore that. But it gives me the, the reason then to close the conversation down. No, that's too much. You've gone too far. This is too upsetting or this is inappropriate. I'm walking away from this conversation or no, you cannot fix me yes, I have tried everything. You can't fix me. We're not having this conversation because then it's entirely then up to that other person to say. um, But I do find that certainly in some instances, you know, particularly business events, it's like you think, well, we're not here to talk about parenting. We're here to talk about something a little bit more diverse. And what's going on with you? Yeah, exactly. it's a much more appropriate question. It opens up the opportunity for so much exploration and and just puts people back into kind of a more 3D light. You're not, you know, one of the great things I think about our community is that we are all so interesting. There isn't anybody who's on the podcast, anyone coming up on the podcast, or anybody who isn't absolutely interesting. All our listeners are interesting because we do so much more. Because we listen,
7: I think. I think um, it's really lazy. I did do a thing oh, a while ago, hashtag creative small talk, to try and just. I mean, just st- stop asking the question. It's it's as you say. It's it's very personal. Like saying, well, I mean, I, I think I said, you know, it's like saying, is your sex has your sex life been productive? You know, it's like saying how are your eggs you know how is your sperm are they you know are they little you know do they move about are they live little critters or have you not got very many of them um, it's 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 such a personal question and it's and it's lazy and it's dull and it's boring uh, uh, ask somebody ask somebody something else about their lives um, we shouldn't be defined by whether we are a parent or not as we all as we all know but um, yeah, I mean, if you, if we can all gather together a list of of, of uh, I mean, I think a lot like with, with Sarah, a lot of us are are looking for the the, the old people pleasing thing that you're all working well at, uh, you know, trying to step away from. But none of us want to, you know, we're having a pleasant conversation. We don't want to spit at somebody that you know we're you know tragic, like, you know, because we think we want to keep it light and we want to be nice. So we we end up trying to. Diminish and sort of well, certainly I have, um, and almost sort of mocked my situation to just kind of fit in and not ruffle any feathers. And of course, that hasn't actually served me very well. So I think if I could find a, I mean, I'm not asked anymore because I'm you know sort of that much older. Plus, I've written a book, and most people in my you know who know me know you know know my situation clearly now. Um, But I still get glib remarks of people who've you know who haven't obviously taken taken on what's how what what's going on with me um but um yeah I think it would be a good good thing for everyone especially people who are very very raw who that question can completely yeah floor them if they can have uh, an answer that they always give that they'll that they that that automatically turn to um, yeah that would be helpful.
12: I always wonder as well, um, especially since, um, you know, speaking to to lots of people, why we're even asked, because I, you know, especially like, do you have children? Because, you know, in my experience, when speaking with parents you know if they have children within the first like two minutes you know or less than I mean that is one of the first things that comes out of people's mouths so then I kind of wonder you know if you're having a conversation with someone and you're not talking about it doesn't that person possibly realize that yeah, you know maybe it's not yeah, you know it's, it's not it's not a thing for you yeah so I always find that quite that's interesting. E-
7: that's exactly right Bindi if you, the chances are if you haven't mentioned your kids yeah you ain't got them yeah so if yeah. people would just be aware of that um yeah also I suppose not everyone mentions their kids do they but um a lot of people would of introducing themselves mm-hmm. yeah mother of two um not so much though Michael is it with 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 fathers right yeah. you don't hear um you know CEO of pharmaceutical company and dad of Three under three, you don't hear
2: that so much, do you? Um, um, no, not really. No, no. no. But but I, I do have to say that I was on a um, presentation a couple of weeks ago with um, work around uh, gender equality, and the it ended up there. Right. So. We started talking about uh, the the pay gap and then the superannuation difference here in, um here in Australia, where females have one third of the savings that that their male counterparts have, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden it then turned it it, it morphed into children. Uh, some of the guys going, oh, you know, I, if um. You know, I'm, I'm trying to educate my kids that, you know, they need to be thinking about their future for their superannuation and, mm-hmm. and they're just morphed on and on and on. And um, one of the things that I said to them afterwards was, well, actually, when we had to wrap up, I said, well, I felt excluded from this conversation. I thought it was about gender equality and it turned out to be about your children and because I don't have any, I felt excluded. Well done. And I must admit, it was quite an empowering, <laughs> quite empowering situation to be in because you could hear a pin drop after that.
1: Mm-hmm. I've had the same, um, actually, even our gender thing. They did the same with us. It was at the university here in Cambridge, and it was gender pay gap. And actually, the one that came after it was all about childlessness. It was about National Infertility, National Fertility, National Infertility Awareness Week. And actually, it was amazing um, kind of how many parents overtook that conversation. And actually, that wasn't mm. the point of it. And again, you say a lot about the the pay gap and about that. And in fact, recent, just yesterday, in fact, um, the podcast we replied to it on Twitter about the Guardian sharing something about um, equality with women in the UK, an article, and um, came up and, on our feed, and the conversation went very quickly from women to mothers. Mm. And actually, no, that's that's incorrect. That actually, in the experience of of our podcast at the full stop and the conversations that we have had, that that equality applies to women. Mm -hmm. It applies actually across genders, but it applies specifically women, not mothers, because actually there's caring responsibilities. We digress into an entirely other conversation for another episode that I am quite sure that we will have lots to say on and lots of guest requests for, but it is, yeah, it's amazing how sometimes these conversations can get taken over, isn't it? And that description comes in. I remember there was a, there was a chap who, who came up to one of those conversations that we had about gender inequality. And it was, again, around, um, around all that. And, and he, yeah, he was a father of four. And I thought, you know, and he was very quick to point that out. Mm. And he thinks, it's quite unusual. And I did think then, how many other men are on this call who aren't? who are now being closed down in that conversation and they're the people you want to be talking to Um, and again around men's mental health week as well an awful lot of you know it it was interesting because they actually put it up on the on the the network things and some guy really quite high up um, in the university shared that there was men's mental health week um, um, a couple of weeks ago but no one had actually shared any of the coverage about national infertility awareness week high up i thought oh. That's not going to happen next year. I'm going to make sure it's not, you know, noted. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's what people are more comfortable talking about and comfortable sharing. It's difficult, I think, to talk about pay gaps, but it's safer and easier and more comfortable than talking about infertility and childlessness.
4: It's interesting,
9: Berenice, as you're talking, <clears throat> you sort of said, oh, we digress, but actually thinking about Christmas, and in the family unit, and possibly, you know, what, what we, what we're going through, what people are going through, what people are heading into, is this place of, um, you know, how do they, you know, I'm hearing about empowerless, pow, you know, empowering ourselves with one-liners, empowering ourselves with, you know, standing, stronging ourselves saying no um around the Christmas holidays you know how do we do that if we're not doing that how can we support each other the support around that we may need and there'll be p- women out there I'm sure men out there who are really isolated in their mm. childlessness during this time um you know, that maybe don't have friends who haven't spoken to anyone about how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And this time is just so, um, sometimes it's like, it's beyond challenging. It's not the challenges aren't even seen it's just, you know, with, you know, shut down. I know people who've just turned the TV on and shut the door uh, until, you know, after boxing day. You know, yeah. or after the first, and it's like, how do we? What can we say here, or what? You know, I suppose what I might. What can we say that you're not? You know, we're not alone. You're not alone here, yeah. um, in the community, and um. And little things of even putting our hand on our hearts. You know, for me, at times when I, um, I'm feeling emotion during difficult times or triggers, it's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm not alone. There are, you know, thousands of people who are in the situation and um, we can get through this and finding the power, as you said, Christophe, you know, whatever we need to say at the beginning to feel empowered or even that's such a big step, isn't it? To sort of, to say things that go, you know, piss off, (laughs) go away. But then to be able to go, no, actually, I don't have children. And that was one of the saddest things of my life, to not have children. Mm. And then let's move on.
1: It's a really, really tough step to take. It's incredibly hard to take. And I think if you're on your own, then I'm very aware and very conscious that, that although, my family struggle with me i i do actually i have a husband and we can take steps together i'm very honored that i have that support and i constantly think how on earth could i how could i do that alone and anyone that courage um and the depth i think of feeling it it's incredibly courageous to even say the words
9: and there's something I remember my my friend when I was um 40 41 I remember talking to her about dating she had been in marriage she's got her she had her children and uh she said to me oh god I don't know what I don't know what I would do. I don't know if she thought this was empathic, right? But I don't know what I would do if I didn't have X, Y, and Z. And I, I something inside me went, you know what? You'd f- freaking get on. Do you know what I mean? You'd get on. like <clears throat> I don't know. I didn't like that feeling of feeling sorry for, and actually as a woman, as a single woman in my 40s, it was just like yeah we just There's not a powerlessness in that yeah. it's just like we are who we are and we're getting on with our lives the best we can and yeah it would certainly help
0: I, wanna see think that. I just want to say that it's like yeah. we're not,
9: you know, single women are not power like
1: not disempowered. No, you, there's an awful lot of power, it? <laughs> uh, and it would Wouldn't it really, really help if people actually really did understand what empathy actually is? If we actually started. I mean, because the temptation, as you were talking there, Helen, I was thinking, the temptation, of course, with any human being, is to fix. Even on the mental health first aid. Of course, recently I was given, as as Bindi will know we talked about this, I was given a fix and I was told by a successful IVF mum that I should have tried her clinic yes I should have done yes 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 you should and I'm thinking we haven't done the empathy part by this point and that was day two this is day one and I thought oh this is a whole lesson there for you love um, because actually it felt like oh this is too much and what it occurred to me was that she's trying to fix me mm. And actually we'd all do a hell of a lot better if people backed off the fixes, regardless of of what they might know. And we had the space to be the people that we are, because an awful lot I think of Christmas and the holidays and any celebration that we have is it's got to be perfect. You know, it's the whole. You know, go out and spend lots of money on the perfect pajamas because the ones that you wore on Christmas Eve, or they, you know, on twenty third, they weren't right. They weren't perfect enough for Christmas Day. So get some new pajamas, and let's get, um, you know, a great big new television because the one that you had before wasn't actually big enough to watch all the Christmas stuff on. You know, and all that kind of. It's got to be perfect. The perfect meal. The perfect everything. I have done cheese on gluten free toast because you know why not? I've run off to the seaside because <laughs> great thing about my family, not actually knowing what to do with me is that they don't know what to do with me. Therefore, I just go and do something else. This year I'm not, I'm at home. But um, if people stop trying to fix and trying to give the perfect definition, this, this perfection of everything, has got to be right. And I kind of wonder sometimes if I had have had children, that pressure on families to be perfect too, Is probably why most people, I I would imagine that most people probably really actually hate it. That pressure to conform themselves, you know, that the kids have got to be in the best outfits and well behaved and not go on some kind of sugar high somewhere sort of by, you know, 10 in the morning because their nieces and nephews on the other side of the family are all being perfect. And oh my God, there's an awful lot of pressure to conform for what is a short amount of time. And often these stories can be like legacies handed down in, in families forevermore. My family has an awful lot of stories from when I was probably about six or seven years old or something and found the Christmas presents. And that was only one year, but it's law now. Oh, do you remember that time when Berenice did blah, de, blah, de, blah, you know? And so there's a huge pressure, I think, on all, everyone from anywhere to, to conform to something that, that perfection doesn't exist. We all know that. But I wonder whether everybody else out there sometimes realises that it
9: doesn't happen. And that underneath it, I was just wondering, I was in um, a grief um, seminar a few weeks ago and we were talking about loneliness. And that feeling of loneliness and what do we do with that feeling and how you know how do we support ourselves during this time um because loneliness is is the feeling is real yes um and maybe i don't know underneath the trying to be perfect or fantasizing of everyone else is having a perfect time is that actually we're really feeling lonely and what what can we do to support ourselves in that loneliness or to soothe ourselves in that loneliness and then find a way to, to connect. And I know I've been talking about it on the, on Facebook, um, on the site and uh, about, you know, I love, I work here on my own and it's like, I love going down to the park and saying hello to the dogs, I love it. I absolutely love it. I probably will do that during Christmas, but I will, you know, I I have a chat to the dogs first and then I have a chat to the people. And then some people, we just chat for ages and then I come away just feeling really filled up, really connected to, well, nature is great, connecting to others and um, yeah, having, feel that part of me up a little bit um yeah i don't know what else does anyone do to curb that loneliness during the christmas breaks
1: i kind of grieve the the childhood christmases i think and that's my loneliness although i'm with my husband i grieve those because we always had a big family There'd there'd be sort of 30 40 squashed into my grandparents house um, with two kitchens on the go and it was chaos and there'd be dogs and it would just be absolute madness but I remember being very happy I suspect that probably my grandparents and all the adults trying to cook everything thought it was just awful and couldn't wait for it to be over but for me I grieve that so I've created new things they're not the same they're much smaller it's quieter but i also realize and acknowledge that i'm an introvert and when i look back at it i used to struggle because of just the sheer noise and the volume of everything that day was always often a bit too much um and i try and find somewhere quiet to go when i was even as a kid i thought sort of going to go out somewhere in the garden with the dogs um very healing about dogs isn't there Helen and um being able to just chat to them because they didn't really answer back so I acknowledge now that I'm an introvert and actually perhaps maybe being on my own or being just away from things is actually okay that what I actually am grieving is company but actually if I was given that company I probably wouldn't actually Mm -hmm. enjoy it I find I'll be waiting for the triggers, the things that, because I've changed. I'm not who I was before. So acknowledging my change, acknowledging who I am, I think, as you, you said, Claire, about the uh, the grief of an identity and coming to terms with how my identity has changed, I think is a big part of me coping with that loneliness. My husband is older than I am, so I'm very conscious that possibly in years to come, I may be celebrating this day on my own in my next stage of my life so that's always on my mind but i try to be a bit more in the moment again then bindi and meditation and being in the moment and i will always at some point during the day will take myself off and probably normally listen to one of your recordings Bindi just so that I'm kind of centered a bit but also have made a connection back into my community as well even if I haven't spoken to somebody I've found a connection and other people might want to go onto Facebook or the Gateway Women have their um annual every day there's always something going on in their day on the 25th of December too but just yeah acknowledging that identity shift
12: yeah and remembering that it's a day isn't it or a few days I think that's get caught up in all of the um the pre the pre holidays the pre-Christmas things as well so remembering that it's a day um and um at a networking event years ago um a lawyer said to me that he would go to the office on Boxing Day and he would be the only one and the phones wouldn't stop ringing Um, because that's the most stressful time of the year um, for divorces and things like that so I think just that family pressures and that just really reminds me that it is actually a stressful time for everyone you know not only for our community but yes for parents as well and for families and I think um, it doesn't help the commercialization of it all of course and maybe it is a, a matter of taking back that day or that time for yourself and doing what we said earlier the rituals doing the things that we that we want to do maybe it's you know reading the books and yeah going to the park and I also speak to the dogs and um I usually only speak to the dogs though I don't really speaking to the um to the, uh, it's, it's mostly just the dogs um yeah, so I think it's you know taking back that day really isn't it that lovely um phrase take back control (laughs) um you know take take it back and just um Yeah. yeah I and also that whole that whole gathering thing because I have to remind myself as well would I really want to be at a big gathering would I really want to be there and you know however much I think yes I'd love it I know
2: that I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you I know, Jermaine One of the things that, um, one of the best Christmases I've had recently, remember I'm the Good Time Grinch, is that um, my, my parents had gone overseas to have Christmas with my my sister in the UK. And my brother and I don't, we, we, we're okay, but we don't have a very close relationship because of... Well, we probably don't need to get into that. But um, Vicky and I just thought, you know what, this is the time. We can can actually make this Christmas ours. Because the only reason we ever did Christmas was because my sister would come over from the UK, you know, know, mum and dad. And so, you know, there's an expectation that you would be part of the whole family thing. And our role was always to do the cooking. So we would we would actually work all day to create a meal for that just one day that that everyone could enjoy. And then I'm like, right, we're done now. You've all eaten. Piss off. Go. I've had enough. I just want this day to myself. Anyway, so mum and dad have gone overseas. So the pressure's a little bit off. Um, don't want to spend much time with my brother's family. So uh We're going to stay home. And, of course, this is Australia, so it's hot. So closed all the doors, closed all the blinds, and put the air conditioner on, sat and watched TV, and did nothing. That's it. And it was one of the best Christmases. One, because we did what we wanted to do. Yeah, and, um, but we, we also took back, like you say, we took back today. So, um, with a bit of luck this year, I'll be doing, I don't want to give you any visuals, but you know, like I might be in my underpants and the t-shirt, air conditioner on and just, you know, sit and watch TV and that's it. That's what it's about. isn't it?
7: it's about, it's- <laughs> I won't go there, Malcolm. Um, but- <laughs> Um, It's about finding, just finding your own traditions, finding things that that work for you. I mean, for example, Mm. um, there's obviously lots of kids' movies on at Christmas, which obviously you can access them any time of the year now. But um, obviously we haven't taken our kids to the cinema to see things. But, you know, there's Shrek, Happy Feet. My husband and I, we love those kids' movies. There's something for adults in all of them. We love them. There's a whole loads of them, loads of them on at Christmas. We watch them. We really enjoy them. Just the two of us watching, you know, and then we'll hear little things on them that we'll recognise our nephews and nieces have said to us that they obviously picked up from these movies. So it's about, you know, we could sit there mourning the fact that we never had any kids to take to them, but then we wouldn't enjoy, you know, just enjoy the film. Just, yeah, just, yeah, make the best of it, really, I think is what I'm saying. And like you said, Michael, just... Just do what what's right for you, what you will enjoy, and if that it means um, not diving in and not doing it, then then that's fine as well, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's just. I think going back to when we're talking about the the fixes as well and people trying to, you know, not showing empathy um, and saying the wrong thing, they they are actually probably trying to make you feel better. Um, it's not working. Um, but I think that's what they're trying to do, and perhaps you know. I mean, we're we're always the ones who have to sort of be understanding and show empathy, and you just get pissed off with that, and you just want to say it how it is sometimes. Um, so I think, yeah, just do and be how you feel comfortable being in the moment. I think that's all you can do.
3: And I think just kind of going off of the off of what you just said, Tessa, is sometimes we. Um, can take on that role with ourselves to fix ourselves you know even in trying to be okay you know for the holidays and maybe it's just okay to to just not be okay yeah you know, maybe yeah, it's okay absolutely. To yeah yeah I don't know I, feel, it. I don't know how I feel or yeah. I feel really sad or you know I feel whatever it is you know that you're not a project, and we can, I think, internalize that, you know, and kind of say, well, I, I should feel or I should, you know, and you're shitting all over yourself, right, like that type of thing. And it's, it's just okay, you know, for you to, to feel how you feel, and to, to have people to support you in that and kind of say, yeah, you know, I hear that you're, you're not doing okay today. And maybe that's okay. <laughs> Mm, doing okay um you know and you know it will maybe pass the feeling for the day you know because everything is heightened at certain times right you know um or you know it's okay just to to be on the phone with somebody or to cry in the bath I guess if you need to or whatever you know whatever it is but just to to kind of allow yourself that compassion in that space and time because we know that people don't always give it to us. So it's like, can we give it to ourselves or can we find, you know, that community that can say, I know you can't do it right now, but I can I can kind of stand in that gap for you know, for you until you can, you know. So um I think that the the value as well. I mean, shameless plug, I guess I'm biased. I'm a social worker, but you know, just um therapy as well you know i think some people talk about prep and it's like if you're in therapy maybe that's something to review with your therapist and say hey you know um holidays coming up got some real interest in family you know <laughs> or whatever the situation is and you know can we prep can can is there something that you know we can do to kind of review to help me or maybe exploring that with your therapist and just saying you know, um, I don't know how I feel or I, you know, and, and that, that's all part of self-care as well. Mm -hmm.
12: It is. And I'm also wondering if, um, that preparation and self-care, if it's worth also staying off social media, like we do during, um, Mother's Day, right? I'm wondering if this is also a time where we're just a bit, more mindful so just a little bit more aware of there could be more triggers on social media
3: yeah and I think it goes back to like even though we were talking about it before and joking but one-liners but you know even to say maybe my one-liner is a bit zingy you know but somebody else's is really you know gosh I I just feel you know and and being as genuine you know with yourself or as as genuine as you would like you know authentic as you would like um because it really is your one-liner or your feeling you know it doesn't have to be some manufactured amazing you know whatever it's just you know what you know do you have children actually you know I really don't like to talk about that because it, it makes me feel bad or you know whatever it doesn't have to be and and again just you know discernment and depending on who you're talking to right but it's it's just okay I think for you to just be and feel how you feel
0: I think that's a big part of working towards acceptance isn't it knowing what you need to to be able to prepare for these things you know i do it in my sessions with clients we talk about what you need to prepare for and it is those zingy one-liners and having them at your fingertips when you need them but you know i think for me this year i'm going to give myself permission not to visualize michael in his (laughs) pants i think that's my gift to (laughs) do
1: I don't have anything to say to that, other than that you just, no. (laughs) (laughs) Is that payback for the opening part of um, the episode last, the last episode, episode 33, when he edited in the bit that we wanted to edit out? (laughs) It opens up with us talking about words on our, phrases we put on our chest. It's, it's, yeah, don't go there. (laughs) Let's not go back there, Michael. But left <laughs> alone. I know, lovely. <laughs>
12: <laughs> I do also like this time of year as um, a reflection of the year, and I think that's really <clears throat> important as well. Um, you know, however, the year or years have gone, and maybe just to to have a few, you know, just to journal around it write about it you know just have a few words around how your year was um you know even if it wasn't great just to kind of to let go of that energy a little bit as well and then move on to the new to the new year um yeah I don't know
7: yeah no I I yeah I agree with that I think I was going to say earlier that obviously the holidays is the time of year where we are sort of mentally reviewing the year and where we were this time last year and like you were saying with journaling I mean that's my strategy for everything is to is to just write it out and I often sort of notice that when I'm feeling a um, yeah not myself and not great it's because I haven't written anything down for a few days yeah. so yeah just s- sneak off somewhere and just if you if, if you can just scribe it out and I mean, just write down, I don't know what to write down. I just want to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and something will come out. But I think, yes, for sure, indeed, it is It is a time where we do review the year. And I'm going to sort of divert again now. But for me, caring for my elderly mother, um, it, it, sort of getting old without children has become a, um, a theme for me. And, and again, with Christmases where there are, you know, grandparents and, and 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 that you know that's another role I won't be able to play. And and so it's starting to sort of be mindful of, of that next stage, which I'm sort of on the threshold of. And, and again, about preparing yourself for that. Um, and yeah, working, finding you, finding your, your own strategies. We're all very different, we're all individual. We will I think we find our own strategies, and I think if we can't find them, just trust that you will you will get your strategy you will find that one liner that really works for you or several of them um i think we sometimes perhaps we're floundering about um worrying that we're not coping um if we just say to ourselves that that, that we will cope we will be all right this is temporary um our default position is actually happy and, and you know we will get back into that yeah, give them time, but again, like you said, Krista, it's about giving yourself permission to actually feel exactly how you feel. Not, oh, I shouldn't know, but uh, you know, it's Christmas, I've got to be, oh, just, just, just be how you've got to be. And yeah.
12: Yeah, yeah recognising yeah, yourself and where you are on, on the journey, um, you know, if it's all new, and then the new rituals and it's such it's a lifelong isn't it that that i think that's the thing as well to maybe to remind ourselves that it's not that you know we're a few years on from the grief you, we get triggers things can come up and that that's for everyone and it's just you know taking each each year as it comes each day as it comes each moment as it comes and just yeah letting us um but yeah i, I Totally agree with you, Tessa. I'm a big writer. And yeah, it's it's something that can just let those thoughts out of your mind. So instead of them, you know, swirling around endlessly, put it on the paper. And I've found um so much comfort and release by writing it down. So yeah, I highly recommend that for everyone.
0: Wow. We've got some really top tips here, I think, for people, haven't we? Helping them cope. With the festive season, so thanks everyone for sharing. I think it's been really
8: useful.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. It feels like a really nice, natural place to, to bring this to a close. Um, any closing last messages or thoughts that you have?
2: Well, I would just like to say, um, thank you for Christopher getting up at five o'clock in the morning.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Big thanks. <laughs>
1: it's
2: amazing yeah. really appreciate that Krista. really do thank oh, you lovely,
1: thank you so much to be here with
3: you all
1: thank yeah. you. it's been lovely just to see everybody again it's been quite a while since we last seen you tessa so it's lovely to see you but I, really, I, I see you every week but it's lovely to have you here with all of us thank you I'm, I'm so pleased
7: i've joined it's lovely to meet new people as well and um you know i'm you you do such a great job I, I do listen but i just don't sometimes join it so much. But
1: so oh, it's been great yeah. we know that you do we're, we're very 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 honoured for your support and Helen it's been ages since we've been speaking to each other mm. it's been lovely to have you here
9: with us too I've loved your words as well It's been brilliant oh thank you and I don't know if you're still recording but if even if you don't have the words just putting paper pen to paper and just just moving that pen creates uh, exactly where you are and um and just honoring that space so it's uh that's what yeah connecting
1: to that that's really important too we'll pop all of the links to all of the things that our guests are getting up to in the show notes as well um and lovely thank you very much
2: sarah berenice and i would love to thank all our listeners for your support throughout the year we are continually amazed at where you're all listening from and this show would not be what it is if it wasn't for our generous guests. And we'd like to thank all of the guests we've had so far in the show. Now, don't forget, you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can find the links at our website, ww.thefools.pod.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, which will be even more important for 2022. And as always, as many of our guests have said this episode, you are not alone.
4: Hi everyone, it's Vicky Hughes here, Michael's wife, and yes, I do exist. I love Christmas, but Michael is the Grinch that stole Christmas. So please feel free to bombard him with messages on how he should embrace the spirit of this time of the year. I would like to thank Berenice, Sarah and Michael for all the work they put into the Full Stop podcast. I love the connection you all share. I love the laughter, I love the tears, and I wish I was there to hug you both. And thank you for being the voice for those who can't speak. As I reflect on this past year and after listening to your past guests and their inspirational stories, this has encouraged me to make changes to my life. I lost my job due to COVID and felt lost and depressed. I decided to go outside my comfort zone and I applied for a job working with children with special needs. I must admit, I thought I would be heartbroken and quit the very first day. But to my surprise, I love my new job. I have a little bus that I drive to take these amazing children to school and home again. And for that time, I like to think that I'm making a difference in these children's lives. I also have a little welcoming party at the school waiting for Vicky's bus. This makes me feel so special. It really lifts me. And Michael's also commented on how much happier I am. Who would have thought? I lost my voice a long time ago and I never sing out loud but I have this one child who is the very first to pick up and the last to take home and we sing together every day. We have the same taste in music and I think I know most of Adele's and Ed Sheeran's songs now. Just don't tell Michael. This beautiful child is helping me heal. I feel I've been awoken and I'm so glad I pushed myself to do this. I hope everyone has a wonderful holiday season and remember to do what makes you happy. Oh, and Berenice, I think I could be very happy living in Cornwall.